Hello, I'm Brian Hubbard. And I'm Lynn McTaggart. And we are What Doctors Don't Tell You. And welcome to this, our latest podcast and vlogcast. And an opportune moment because the very latest issue is uh, just going around the stores now, both in the America and the UK, the June issue. Um, so, Lynn, do you want to tell us a little bit what's in this one? Sure. Um, this is a really interesting issue because, you know, the low-fat, low-cholesterol industry still rocks on, and we still have the fact that statins are among our best-selling drugs. But the latest evidence shows that cholesterol is not the problem with heart disease. Cholesterol has nothing to do with heart disease, but the big problem is inflammation. So here's a great story about what else to do to keep your heart healthy or to heal your heart if you've had a heart attack or heart issues. Um, and it's a great issue, Brian, because we've also covered um, some a great story about sound healing. Um, Another story about a woman who beat depression, really suicidal depression, um, with a special technique that uses hypnosis. And she was cured after two sessions mm. um, and went on to teach the stuff herself. Um, we have stories, you know, the usual stories about exercise to take care of spinal issues and um, natural ways to deal with reflux and athlete's foot and all kinds of other issues. So please check it out. Mm, thanks, Lynn. And, and as I say, it's available across the US and the UK. And if you have a problem finding it, go to our website, which is wddty.com, where you can subscribe. And when you do that, we'll send you the magazine every month. So thanks. You know, Lynn, you are just talking a moment ago about the latest issue and about heart disease and how cholesterol is not the culprit. And, um, and inflammation probably is, uh, which is a fascinating subject. I mean, heart disease itself is such a complex issue. And um, all sorts of things are, are factors, but cholesterol probably isn't one of them. But nonetheless, it did spawn the whole low-fat foods industry in the 80s. And, you know, big food has made billions and billions of dollars and pounds from it. And, um, but of course, the very reverse is true. And um, last year, there's a significant study that came out that showed that not only is a high fat diet uh, not a cause of heart disease, it actually protects it, protects you from it. And now this year, um, just a month or so ago, a new study came out that demonstrated that it also protects you against type 2 diabetes, which, of course, is often a precursor to heart disease itself. So probably that's not so surprising. Um, but people who are eating full fat cheese and milk had a 21% lower risk of developing diabetes. And the earlier study found similar numbers that people, again, who had a hearty full fat diet um, saw a reduction of 22% in their risk of developing heart disease, a 34% reduction in uh, stroke risk, and they were 22% less likely to die from heart disease completely, which is pretty astonishing stuff because when you think about it, for many, many years now, people have been on low-fat diets, low-fat milks, low-fat cheeses, uh, you name it, and yet all the time, the actual original food, the, the high-fat food itself, actually had a protective effect. 
Everyone keeps banging on about statins and how if we don't take a statin, we're going to die and all the rest of it. No one's looked at the, the other side of this and said, well, how many people did die prematurely because they didn't have a full-fat diet and instead followed medical advice and at low-fat? Um, what, what do you think, Liz? Well, you know, fat has been demonized for, you know, decades now. Um, and thankfully, new evidence is coming out um, about protective and healing diets. And for so many conditions like this, the, you know, functional practitioners, people who follow doctors who use functional medicine, integrative practitioners, um, naturopaths are all advocating the paleo or ketogenic diet, which is a high fat diet because they recognize that the body needs fat. In fact, the body run, can run on fats, and that's what a ketogenic diet is. And they've also found that fats are so protective against another degenerative disease that we haven't discussed yet, which is Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. You know, the brain needs fats. It needs mm. cholesterol. And now we're seeing the rest of the body does too. So what this also says is, those, you know, if something is low fat, it's been interfered with, basically. Mm. If it's not a vegetable and it's, you know, it's low fat, it's been processed in some way. And we all, we know, and we're certainly learning more and more about how dangerous those kinds of foods are. And for many years, we've known that skim milk isn't as healthy as full fat milk. Yeah. So this is just one more indication that we should... Take fat as it comes. Take food as it comes mm. because nature has designed us to need it. Mm. I mean, I did a study on that a little while ago about the Victorian diet. And okay, okay, there was a lot of viral infections going on because, you know, sanitation and public uh, water supply, all the rest of it were very poor. So a lot of viral infections going on amongst the Victorians. But in terms of the chronic diseases... I mean, they're almost unheard of. I mean, cancer, heart disease was running at about 2-3% of the population. And then when you look at the Victorian diet, it was a very fatty diet, as well as, of course, fresh vegetables and all the rest of it. And this was particularly true of the Victorians who stayed uh, in rural communities rather than those who came to the cities for work. Those who stayed in the rural communities probably uh, carried on with a, with a healthier diet. And you just weren't seeing... The, the, these chronic diseases, which really have been an epidemic of the 20th century. And you have to say, well, what's the big thing that's changed? Well, several things have changed. One is the level of pollutants and environmental factors obviously have a, a bearing on this, but mainly is to do with the food we're eating. I mean, in 1870, they started processing bread that was not as good for you as the original bread because they had more mouths to feed. And they changed the way they, they started to make bread from about 1870. And so you, you're seeing then this change in the diet slowly happening. But of course, you know, with the advent of after the Second World War, we saw this massive change in the diet and the, the low-fat industry uh, sort of took, took, took off. But um, very, very interesting then. Thank you very much. 
5G, you can hardly get away from the subject right now. A lot of uh, concern about the uh, radiation from the masts. And in fact, Brussels has already put a stop at it. I know a few other cities are doing the same. We're saying that seeing the same reaction across some states in America as well, even though billions and billions of dollars and pounds have exchanged hands to get these lucrative new 5G licenses. There seems to be a bit of a halt going on. And I think the fundamental thing is, is the precautionary approach, as the European Union likes to call it. And it's not a bad approach, which is saying, look, guys, let's prove something is safe before we use it. Because once you've started the program, once you bring it into the marketplace, you can't put it back. The genie can't go back into the bottle. So it's really important that we understand fully that this stuff is safe before we roll it out because this the 5g is about 100 times more powerful than even 4g so you know cause to cause to pause and i think there's another good reason for a pause is a new study just came out that showed that electromagnetic waves from wi-fi and cell we call in the uk mobile phones are actually affecting male fertility. And in particular, they're affecting sperm motility. And motility means the ability of the sperm to move and fertilize an egg. And um, uh, the, the electromagnetic waves are actually halving the, the, the motility of sperm. And this is particularly the case for anyone who has a cell phone by their body, in their pocket, for more than two hours every day. Uh, Japanese researchers carried out this simple test where they, they placed uh, sperm samples next to a Wi-Fi router and then examined what happened to the sperm. And they exposed it for periods of 30 minutes, one hour, two hours, 24 hours. And the, the tipping point seems to be at two hours. At that point, sperm is affected. And um, and it seems that it's, it's something that is uh, uh, definitely a, a worry. You're talking here about um, they had the motility level dropped by by 29%, and um, and after 24 hours, again, it was it was it was obviously more. Um, so you know, a massive concern. It's, I think one of the first times this has happened. I think one of the problems is that uh, most uh, cell phone cell mast. Uh, research is carried out by the industry. And so, therefore, it's surprising how often it's given a clean bill of health. But when independent researchers, even with a simple experiment like this, when the independent researchers do it, they're coming up with all sorts of problems. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the problem, Brian. I mean, I think that it's too late for us to say we shouldn't have cell phones. Every, you know, right. they're necessary. Right. Everybody needs them. Right. But they've been unleashed on the public without really any good safety studies, mm -hmm. any independent safety studies. Mm -hmm. So when we get information like this, it's fantastic mm -hmm. because we're finally understanding, you know, how potentially dangerous this is. Mm -hmm. You know, every so often we, in what, what doctors don't tell you, we get a letter from somebody who is super sensitive to Wi-Fi, to smart meters, to, you know, his cell phone or whatever. And his life or her life is a living hell. Mm. You know, they walk around with mm. cages essentially over themselves because they can't escape. Mm. Well, this kind of study should have been done a long time ago mm. because we've seen the increase in uh, a dangerous, fast-growing brain cancer called gliomas, a real sharp rise in them. And 
they seem to mirror the time of universal cell phone use. So we have to ask a lot of questions, and particularly before 5G gets unleashed and governments are allowed to get away with um, agreeing to what is a great money spinner for them. Mm. You know, the public really needs to ask this question, and I'm glad there are precautions finally being taken Mm. by Europe and some other places in the States to to ask this question and stop and research it properly and independently before we have another thing that may not just affect us, but affect wildlife too. Mm. I mean, certainly Wi-Fi has been blamed, pesticides have been blamed, but Wi-Fi too for the sudden disappearance of the bees and lots of other aspects of wildlife being affected by this. So, you know, it may not be great. It may be great for industry. It may not be great for us. I mean, the one uh, one bright light in this is that um, the the um, the um, sperm uh, samples that had a Wi-Fi shield, so one of these devices you put on your phone or uh, next to your router, actually did have a, a, a protective effect, and that um, whilst the uh, sperm was affected by the uh, waves. Um, those that had the Wi-Fi shield, their motility was only half as bad as those that didn't have the shield. So it, it did have some protective effect. But, you know, it's another example then, isn't it, of it's, again, you know, profits before. Absolutely, Brian. And so aside from having a mobile shield, um, just keep it away from your body mm. whenever possible. You know, use the right kind of... Um, plug-in ear piece that is, there's plenty in the market now that are, you know, that uh, don't allow that power to be directed into your ear, uh, speak on it as little as possible, and just put it down, put it away from your body when you're not using it. I think one of the really optimistic things I've read of late is that the body has this extraordinary capacity to renew itself. And um, this is true for so many parts of the body, it seems. I mean, the body does renew itself anyway over time, but it, but to actually do it in a short space of time, there's um, a study just come out, um, actually involving older people. I think they're in their 60s, um, who's decided to start uh, training for a marathon. And within, they did a test of their arteries before they started and then when they'd finished. And um, within a couple of weeks even of starting training, so they were doing you know, not very long distances to start with, but they were running for a period of time, five kilometers and such like that. Their artery age had reduced by four years in the space of about a month of this you know, regular running and you know running jogging whatever you want to call it and the i mean the age of some of these participants was 69 i mean not youngsters and they were training for their very first marathon so maybe they weren't particularly athletic before we don't know that but you know so they started taking running quite seriously at the age of 69 and when they checked their arteries they were essentially had they were less stiff more pliable all the good healthy signs of someone who's four years younger and um 
And I think the thing was that this was just, um, as I say, they did this in a couple of weeks and they were uh, on average running between 6 and 13 miles uh, every week for six months. So it wasn't enormous, but it was certainly enough to affect what was the aorta, which is the body's largest artery in that time. And um, and they said, you know, the thing was that this wasn't something that is you know accessible only to elite athletes and young people. It's, it's available to everyone. In, in, in what was quite funny, the researchers found that actually the ones who benefited the most were the slowest and the oldest. <laughs> so they they were running pretty slow because they were old anyway, but they had enormous health benefits. The body renewing itself. Well, we see that in every area. You know, with um, the stories that we run in What Doctors Don't Tell You, we find that, you know, there's almost always a natural cure Mm -hmm. for something. And that allows the body to repair. Um, And really what you're looking at when you're looking for repair is ridding yourself of toxins that we're all inhaling and absorbing from our air, water, food, etc. Um, the 80,000 pollutants we're now faced with. Um, so it's a matter of detoxing that and then also working the body and giving it the right food and the right mental environment, mental stroke, emotional environment. And with those kinds of tools, the body can continuously renew itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised by this, but what everybody should take heart at in particular is how quickly it happens. Mm. And again, yeah, we yeah. see that over and over again, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just found an amazing study the other day showing that um, people who have been eating food with pesticides, you know, their levels of pesticides are high. When they go to eat organic food, those those levels drop dramatically, very quickly. Mm. So, you know, living healthily, doing the right kind of exercise, and stressing the body a little bit with this kind of running is really good at any age. Because yeah. uh, a little secret, I'm, I've started to read the Bible. Because I feel it's one of those books that everyone should read, actually. It's, it's one of the cornerstones of Western civilization. So I feel I should read it. And, and it's quite interesting that everyone lived till they were 900. The, he di- of course, he died with 970. Oh, God, a youngster. Kick the butt. So I was just wondering if they were all marathon runners. Most likely. I um, always like to run a story in the podcast about, you know, natural treatments for things and the things we can eat that can make a big difference to our health. And this week's slot is taken up by walnuts because walnuts are, have been found to reduce high blood pressure or hypertension. And they can contain po- compounds that lower uh, blood pressure reading and reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease. And they're saying that, you know, we should all be eating a few walnuts every day and uh, we should start seeing a big difference in our health. Um, They tested it on, it's a small sample to be fair, but they gave it to 45 overweight or even obese people. And they were given three different types of diet. But um, but they all contained ALA, which is alpha-linolenic acid, and omega-3 fatty acid, which is in walnuts. 
And they found that within a very short period of time, I think it was just within a fortnight or so, their blood pressure reading started to drop and, and then stay consistently lower. I mean, we all know the stories about blood pressure readings, how they can be up and down or in the course of a day and, and all the rest of it. But, um, you know, this was a consistent reading that was generally going down. And this was in people who you almost expect their blood pressure reading to be high because they're obese. And yet, on its own, walnuts was actually getting that reading down. Um, and they said it's, it's interesting. They said it is the actual nut itself, they think. The, the synergistic uh, complexity of the compounds working together, rather than taking out one thing in isolation like the ALAs. So it was the whole thing that seemed to work positively to help people lower their blood pressure. And I'm sure it has other benefits too as well, but that's what they, they measured. Um, so, yeah, there you go. It's a, a, a wonderful fatty acid that uh, we should all be chewing on. Well, and what this story demonstrates too is, you know, drug companies always like to take a little element of something and try to isolate that as the active ingredient. And from there, they create a lot of drugs. But... Again, nature has designed things so brilliantly that a lot of the synergistic elements of walnuts are all working together to mm. have this dramatic effect. Um, you know, we've seen this, you know, increasingly just simple foods can do amazing things. I mean, we've done a story recently about uh, tomatoes reversing Alzheimer's tomatoes. or tomatoes reversing Alzheimer's yeah. and, and yeah. raspberries also reversing yeah. diabetes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, these kind of compounds are complex, but they work in a really powerful fashion. Yeah. So it just suggests nuts are a superfood and walnuts are a super, superfood. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, when you look at it, they say, well, in some cases, I mean, I've just done more research on broccoli, and they found that that is actually actually reversing, stopping the cancer process. But they do say, well, that is true, but you need to eat six pounds of raw broccoli a day. and uh, But that is actually countering cancer. But as a preventative, I think you know, the amount we eat can be far less. But it is about having a healthy diet. It's about a lot of things, isn't it? It's about having a fulfilled life and a stress-free life and a happy life and all these things play a part as well. In the, you talk about synergy and the synergistic complexity of things. Well, I think that is also true. That it's not just the food, but everything about our lives. But, you know, you start off with a diet like this, which includes walnuts. Yeah, mm. and add a, you know, add a, a batch of friends and a good community, and there's your recipe for a long and healthy life. You know, sometimes research is, you know, tales of the blindingly obvious, and um, and yet they sort of get millions of pounds of, of research funding to come up with this stuff. And um, I don't know. I mean, there's a new study just come out about coffee, and. Um, no one seems to agree. We actually did a study on that, didn't we, a few months back. Is coffee good for you or is it bad for you? And it seems like two schools of thought that vying here for whether it is or not. Um, but these researchers have found out, well, whether it is good for you or not, what we do know for sure is the amount of coffee you drink actually does have a bad effect. And that amount is six cups of coffee a day. 
Anything over that will increase your risk of heart disease by something like 22%. Um, so you got it, it causes hypertension, or which is high blood pressure. And um, yeah, I mean, I thought that would be pretty obvious. Six cups of coffee a day, Lynn, is, is an awful lot to be drinking. And they say, well, at that level, you'll certainly start getting jittery or irritable. Well, I would imagine you would. And they say, that's the telltale sign to stop. No kidding. I mean, hello, six cups of coffee a day. But anyway, so that's the tipping point of coffee. For all you coffee lovers out there, cup five is the last one of the day. <laughs> you know, it's this old adage of a little of of, of what you fancy. Yeah. Um, you know, we found the same thing with wine. Um, although there's all kinds of scare stories about wine being, you know, terrible for you in mm. any amounts, all of the evidence that we've looked at through what doctors don't tell you and, and a, a, a writer of ours called Tony Edwards, who's actually written a book about booze, mm. demonstrates that with every kind of area, a moderate drinking of wine has an incredibly protective effect. So this is the, but binging, you know, having more than that moderate amount has mm. a very deleterious effect. So it's, it's all about happy balance. It's all course. about moderation. And that's true for coffee as well. So maybe one or two cups is okay for you. And then thereafter it's downhill from there. You betcha. This is, by the way, green tea I'm drinking. <laughs> now that is good for you. Jasmine Green, in my case. There you are. Okay, well, look, guys, I think that's it for another week. And so thanks again for listening, for watching. Don't forget, the new issue is now out in the stores across America, across the UK. If you have a problem getting hold of a copy, come to our website, wddty.com, and subscribe and support us. So I'm Brian Hubbard. Thanks for watching or listening. And I'm Lynn McTaggart. Nice to see you and we'll see you soon.